All right, if you're there, we are in Hebrews chapter 4, moving through our study of the little epistle of Hebrews and um, the actually the wonderful uh, epistle of Hebrews. And we've gone through all these chapters and we come to chapter 4 and how awesome this has been in this study. We find that the great thing is in regards to our salvation, Jesus is everything. Jesus is most wonderful, greatest, fantastic. He is above all, and he is everything. And we do praise him, and we are thankful for him. So if you look down there in chapter 4, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So we remember that he gave exhortations, and we remember that he gave a very serious exhortation uh, in chapter 3, where... He talks about entering into the rest and that we should take heed lest there be an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God and that he exhorts us that while it is today, we should not harden our hearts through the deceitfulness of sin. And that's why he says in verse 1 of chapter 4, let us therefore fear, have a healthy fear of God. He says, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you seem to come short of it. You're not going to come short of it if you're a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to exercise yourself always. All believers need to exercise themselves in spiritual disciplines, godly disciplines that will keep you on the right path, staying away from sin, praying, Bible study, fellowship, reading and consuming and memorizing the Bible. All these are good and witnessing. All these are good spiritual disciplines to help us remain strong in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says there in verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. He's referring back to those in the Old Testament, as we were talking about in the preceding uh, chapters, that those that came out of Egypt with Moses didn't have faith. They had no belief. It says that the word was preached unto them, the good news of the gospel was preached unto them. They heard salvation. Basically for them, they heard that they were going to go into the promised land, which was their physical salvation in a sense, but they didn't believe it because the words that were spoken to them, they had no faith. They had no belief. And that's how it is today. You can sometimes witness to people and nothing happens because they don't believe and they're not going to believe Maybe not at that moment, but they don't believe. The word is there. The word gets preached to them, but it doesn't have faith to bring about a saving belief, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, a saving knowledge of the soul. 
He says in verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundations of the world. We which have believed, if you have become born again, if you are saved in Jesus Christ, you have entered the rest because Jesus is the rest for us. Jesus did all the work. He completed it. He's our Sabbath. He's our rest in a sense. And if you've believed, you do enter into that rest. He says, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. What is that? Everything was done. Salvation, the plan of salvation that God has put forth in Jesus Christ and given to the world was thought of and was designed and created from the foundation of the world. So all these were finished. All the works were finished is what he says there. Verse 4, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. So we're not talking about the creation, and we're not talking about here when he says that the works were finished, because we know that God did finish the works on the seventh day of all of creation. He's talking about salvation, that they were finished from the foundation of the earth. He says, And in this place, again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. So we see, again, as this is like several times we're told, especially in chapter 3 of verse 19, we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. And again here, they shall not enter in because of unbelief. It is the same today. You can preach to people and preach to people and tell them the gospel. They hear it, but they don't have faith and it's not mixed with belief and they don't believe, therefore they will not enter in. And that's very sad. We need to pray. We need to witness. We need to, we need to share and declare the gospel to people. And as we're going to learn here in a moment, that the word is powerful and can do that. But they don't enter in because they don't have belief. They entered not in because they didn't believe. And, and if people die and go to hell, it's because they never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember absolutely what Jesus said in John chapter 3. And we always quote the famous verse, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But 17 and 18 is vitally important, especially when witnessing. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Now get this part. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The gospel is simply that Jesus has come to save us, and how we are saved and if we die, our soul will go to heaven if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the work that he has done. We believe that he died for us. We believe that he took away our sin. We believe in him. As I mentioned, uh, you can look it up on our YouTube channel in a previous video, uh, Repentance Versus Believing. You go from, at one point, not believing in Jesus and not believing in God you turn and you, at some point, begin to believe in Jesus and believe in God. That's the two difference. 
One doesn't believe, the other does believe. Uh, there was a great testimony on a video that my wife shared with me about uh, these Hebrew believers, and they never knew of Jesus. They had, they were told, don't follow that, don't go with that. And it's a great example of the fact that here they were, they had no knowledge of Jesus. They were kept in the dark about Jesus. They were kept hidden away that Jesus, did, don't read the New Testament, don't look at it, don't even talk about people that are giving you the gospel of Jesus. Just ignore it. Stay away from it. So they were completely ignorant. They had no idea of who Jesus was. And someone comes and gives them the gospel, and they believe and become saved. It's the perfect example of one that was previously did not believe, and then they turn and is someone who then therefore now does believe. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when that happens. He says in verse 7, again, he limiteth in a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. He says in verse 8, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Now, people go off on this, especially those that attack the King James and say, why in the world would they put Jesus's name there? Well, here's a couple of things that I'd want you to ponder on. Number one, obviously in the context, and anybody who's reading honestly the scriptures, anybody who's read through the entire Bible more than once even, and even when you get to this part here, obviously, it's obvious that in the context, it is speaking of Joshua of the Old Testament. Jesus, the word Jesus there is simply Joshua of the Old Testament. The word in Greek here is translated Jesus, not Joshua. Because the Greek word for Joshua is translated in Jesus. If you took the word Joshua and you tried to put that into Greek, it would come out as Jesus. And that's why they put this here. They're being faithful to the Greek text and not trying to change anything. We find this also in Acts 7.45. You don't have to turn there, but it says the same thing where it says Jesus. The translators of the King James are being faithful in the Greek and just translating it as word for word. They're not changing it when other Bibles do change it. But again, the most important thing to remember is this is obviously, obviously, anybody who's just reading just this one chapter can understand he's talking about those of the Old Testament and he's talking about Jesus. If Jesus had given them rest, we know Jesus gives us rest. It just, he just said that. So this is obviously Joshua had given them rest. He would not have afterwards spoken of another day. Verse 9, there, there remaineth therefore a rest unto the people of God. Amen. That we have rest in Jesus Christ. We have rest in him because of what he did. He did the work and we get the benefit of resting because we trust him and believe him. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Notice that there. If you enter into Jesus, believe on him and become saved, you cease from works. Works do not save you and works do not keep you. Let me say that one more time. Works do not save you and works do not keep you saved. Neither one of those things can happen. 
because when you enter in before you're saved you are trying to be a good person you're trying to follow the ten commandments you're trying to do this and that and keeping these things you think is going to give you salvation that's not what happens when jesus saves you you rest you don't have to work you never did have to work to get it you just had to believe and you cannot work in order to keep it jesus keeps it for you so if you enter into jesus you enter into his rest you also cease from your own works as god did from his he says verse 11 let us therefore labor to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief now you're not going to fall after the same example of unbelief because the lord jesus has said that you're saved you're saved eternally you can never lose your salvation so what is he talking about here he's talking to those people that are saved but if they think that they are going to lose their salvation or go away in unbelief the examples are there for us from the old testament that this is why they could not enter in because they did not believe but we are them who are who believe unto the saving of the soul it says now verse 12 for the word of god is quick that means alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do notice verse 12 there of this chapter the word of god the bible is alive and powerful and sharper than any twisted sword even dividing the soul and sunder and joints and marrow what does that mean it means that the word of god is powerful the word of god is sharp it gets to the point it will cut it will get to you it divides the soul and spirit it, it gets to the soul and spirit and what does it mean when it says the joints and marrow the deep things in you the word of god has the power to get into the deep things of you and convict you and move you he's a and the, the word of god is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart the word when you read the word it is like a mirror it, it shines back on you and shows you that you are not doing right or it encourages you to keep going and do right all these many wonderful promises it gets right into the heart of the matter that's why the word of god you get the bible and you teach the bible or you you speak the bible to people you witness using the word of god you can't just do it on your own with your own words the word is what is powerful neither is there any creature that's not manifest in the sight but all things are naked and open into the eyes of him with whom we have to do jesus sees everything jesus sees it all and all your everything in you is is openly bare is laid open bare he knows he sees he knows everything he knows your thoughts your heart he knows your motives your actions he knows what you're thinking what your mind is plotting he knows everything it's open it's like as if someone was standing naked you see everything and there's there's nothing covered he sees it all and for that he is able to judge rightly on you of your actions and motives and what is going on with you and he can speak to you in this way only jesus is able to do that 
That is something that we should tremble at. That is something that we should bear in our mind, that he knows everything we do. He sees everything we do. Yes, he's a good and loving God, but he is also knows everything, and you'll give an account one day, and it's important to remain strong and steadfast in the faith. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, and we do, that's Jesus, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We don't need to go to a high priest. We don't need to go to a priest in a box like the Catholics do and confess your sins. We have the great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only living last high priest that there ever was. We have him. And we, he is special. He's that special high priest because he passed into the heavens and sits at the right hand of the majesty of on high, as chapter 1 says, that he purged our sins, chapter 1 says. And who is it? He says, Jesus, the Son of God. Not just Jesus of Nazareth, not just Jesus, but Jesus, the Son of God. He says, let us hold fast our profession. Hold fast what you know to be true. Hold fast that you profess the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't ever deny the Lord Jesus. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Jesus was without sin. People will try to tell you, well, could have Jesus have sinned? Could he might have sinned? We don't know. Maybe he did have No, Jesus was without sin. Absolutely. Without sin. Completely without sin. He knows our feelings and our weaknesses. That's what infirmities means is weaknesses. He knows it but was in all points tempted like we are. He knows the temptations. He knows the things that you're going through. He knows your weaknesses. He knows everything. There's no sense in even trying to hide. He knows it all. And he was tempted like we were, but without sin. We, humanity, men, they get tempted. They fall. They sin. But Jesus was tempted, but never, ever sinned. Verse 16, and we'll end it there. He says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Why should we come boldly to the throne of grace? How is it that we can come boldly to the throne of grace? Because we are in Jesus. We have been given rest in the Lord Jesus. He says in verse 9, Therefore, there remaineth therefore a rest unto the people of God. Jesus purged our sins. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus passed through the heavens and sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the one that has and can see the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And we can come boldly. We can come not proudly or boastfully, but boldly, confidently. We can come to the throne of grace and ask him for help. Ask him and obtain that mercy. If we are doing wrong, we can go to him and he will forgive us. We can go to him and we will obtain that grace in help in the time of need. Hold fast your profession in the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand him, know him, believe in him, remain in him, remain believing in him, stand strong in him, especially in these last days when the persecution against the Christians and against the church of God is coming on even ever so strongly. Hold fast your profession of Jesus Christ. Profess the Lord Jesus until your dying breath.